Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Hey, everyone. I have an announcement to make. As of November 1st, the Community Cats podcast is going to go to three days a week, providing great content and stories about incredible people helping cats in their communities. We just passed 100 episodes, and now we want to work on developing our Cat Academy and wrapping up our Community Cats Grants program. This show is for you, so please share your thoughts, ideas, comments, and guest ideas. If you want me to go back to five shows a week, just let me know. I'm happy to serve. Take care, and thanks again for supporting the Community Cats Podcast. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we are speaking with Sheila Massey. Sheila made her career in mostly analytical fields, computer science, financial analysis, and finally, forensic accounting and corporate fraud auditing in the United States and abroad. She traveled a great deal and lived overseas for 10 years. Upon retirement, she began taking classes in life drawing, portrait painting, modern dance, and tap dance, things she always wanted to do but couldn't while working. She also started doing trap new to return after retirement, and that quickly became a priority. Add cats to the things she loves list. She teaches English conversion ESL for the Brooklyn Public Library, co-teaches the Neighborhood Relations Workshop for TNR caretakers, and volunteers at the Brooklyn Cat Cafe, helping them to establish their educational series of workshops. Sheila, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Hey, Stacy. It's good to be here. I wanted to find out a bit more. Sounds like you've been all over the world and had a lot of life lessons and everything. And then you came back to New York and all of a sudden you discovered community cats. How did that happen? Yeah, that's a good question, uh, Stacy. because I always thought I was a dog person. That's the funny <laughs> thing about it. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised too. Someone convinced me to adopt a black kitten and I reluctantly did and fell in love with this little personality. And I found that once you love an individual, it kind of extends to the species. So right away, when I see stray cats in the neighborhood, you know, the ones that were friendly, I'd take them in and find homes for them. And then a good friend of mine told me about PNR. So I took the certification class. You know, the rest is history. What year specifically was it that you got started um, helping with TNR in New York? That was 2008, and I live in North Harlem, and it was a very mixed neighborhood, different nationalities, a lot of Hispanics, African-Americans, whites, and I had a lot of problems with the locations where these cats were showing up. Uh, one was a evangelical church. And the congregants tended not to like cats. Another place was the community garden. And, of course, in New York City, community gardens are known for their cat wars. There's the people who love cats, and they're always putting out cans of cat food and leaving paper plates, and the cats are breeding like crazy. On the other hand, there are rats running through. There are people that hate cats. There are people that love cats. So that was a little bit of a job to do to convince the community gardeners that it would be good to have a resident cat colony. Uh, there was a landmark building 
that had beautiful grounds, but there were cats on the ground. And that took some work to convince them that, yes, I could feed feral cats there and put cat shelters <laughs> on this landmark building site. And a prison, a prison nearby as well. They had cats on the ground. So the cat colonies that I found were in these kind of peculiar locations. So it took a lot of time doing the TNR to, to get the cats all spayed and neutered and stuff. But it also took a lot of talking. Uh, I found that I spent, you know, half of my time explaining TNR and working with the community so that they would buy in and accept the cats. So that sort of leads into the program that you do for called, you know, neighborhood relations workshops. You've taken Absolutely. your experience in, in negotiating viable solutions for community cats in different Absolutely. environments and you've created a workshop that you provide. Well, it's the Mayor's Alliance. They had the workshop and then they invited me to co-teach because that has so many difficult locations in terms of getting buy-in by the community. So I co-teach this workshop and have added my own particular tips to the workshop mm -hmm. in terms of how I got the community on board. And eventually, my goal was, and it, and it worked, was to get more and more of the community members not only accepting the cats but helping me because my philosophy has always been they need a deep sense. In other words, if I get hit by a bus or even go on vacation, Dr. Ben, that there would be other people that would take care of the cats, feed the cats, understand where the colonies are, how we go about managing the feeding schedule as well as keeping the feeding stations clean. That's very important. You can't, you can't have messes all around. Otherwise, you've lost your community support. So that was what I worked on getting positive buy-in to where people actually got involved, and that has worked beautifully. People have turned from cat haters or being indifferent to, oh, my God, there, there are these prison guards that are absolutely gaga over the cats now. <laughs> mm -hmm. This has really been probably 50% of my time was spent doing that, and I would say the basis of it is you get the community to understand that this TNR is a benefit to people. I try not to sound or come across too much like, oh, my God, I love cats, because not everybody does love cats. But you can support TNR and really not like cats, because we are controlling the cat population in terms of keeping their numbers down. We are vaccinating them. A lot of people are really freaked out about animal diseases and rabies, et cetera. And once you have a resident cat colony, which means you're managing the colony, you know, we call it trap, neuter, return, as if the R is the end of it. And actually, the R is the beginning of it. It's trap, neuter, return, plus maintain, plus M, maintain yep. the colony. And once you feed them every day, they stay put. And when they stay put, you don't have rats. So in all of these locations, my street where I lived on, the evangelical church, the community garden, landmark building, the prison, they realize, oh, my God, my rat problems are gone. And, Stacy, I don't know where you're located right now, but I can tell you in New York City, there are neighborhoods that are just run over with rats, and, and they're huge. They're huge. Yep. 
Um, yeah. So no, this- I mean rat, rats are a big issue all in all urban areas by far. It's yeah. it's definitely it's a hot topic. And how do working cats fit into that picture? And you're actually sort of leading into a sort of a next step up, I would say, from neighborhood relations. You're talking about public official relations with regards to TNR. And, you know, and how to work with your Department of Health and get them on board to be supportive of TNR also. Right, right. Because, like I mentioned, community gardens being a huge hangout place for both cats and rats. Rats gravitate to gardens. Oh, well, we all gravitate to gardens, you know. All of us mammals, we're in there. The community gardens right now, there's 600 in New York City, and they use these different rodenticides, these bait blocks to kill rats and everything to keep the rats away. But it just does not work. It's proven that it's not working. And it's really convincing the Department of Health who would be talking to the Parks Department. The Parks Department oversees the community gardens. The Department of Health, if they ever gave their wholehearted stamp of approval and said, we endorse, we don't just say TNR is a good thing and promote it. I mean, we actively endorse in community gardens, TNR is the best way to go. It would be a great place for the community cats to be. Naturally, they're they're wandering through, they're living there, they're breeding there in a lot of gardens, making making a big mess. If the Department of Health were ever to endorse that, we'd have 600 community gardens that would be wonderful places where resident colonies could stay. It would keep the rats away. It would enable the gardeners to hang out in the gardens at night, have evening events, have evening parties. It would be such a crucial step. And right now, the Department of Health is basically saying on their website, oh, it's a myth, cat. Do not cats keep rats away or cats deter rats. Well, it's not a myth. It's not a myth at all. And I feel like it's a disservice to the people of New York City not to tell them this is one more tool they have to manage the rat population, which is horrendous in some areas. So we need the Department of Health backing. And I've made a couple of approaches, and I haven't stopped yet, but I I just feel like that's going to... To, to really make a dent in the cat population, we need large-scale support from New York City government in a very positive way. Positive as an activist. Right now, is the law on the book supports TNR, so in a passive kind of way, yeah, 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 they're behind us. But in terms of active support, they could do a lot more. And I feel like that's the next step, to make the big dent in the cat population. And really get it ingrained in the political culture, making sure that this is out there. It's not just on the books, on the paperwork that's on the shelf, but making sure that the officials and all the communication departments, they have this option as a forefront recommendation. As a forefront recommendation. And, you know, I I mean, I really am using the rat lever. Mm-hmm. To get this point across, this is nature's solution. Hey, there was something in the newspaper last week. The big convention center in New York City, Jacob Javits, it's a huge convention center. They had a huge rat problem. They were spending so much of their budget, too much, on extermination. They approached the feral cat initiative and said, we need feral cats. And they are happy. They recognized it. Boom. They got it. So they brought cats 
and we have a colony there now, and they're considered working cats. This is nature's hmm. solution, and they're using it effectively. It's a fabulous thing. That's excellent. That's just. It is I excellent. Think it's, that's obviously it's a, a leading location for lots of events, and it's wonderful to have a business like that be supportive of a working cats model. And now let's take a moment to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Accidental Exiles by Bruce Perry. Jesse McAllister, a young Texan and a rock war vet, escapes to Europe where he seeks a new direction and to heal his desert wounds. Wandering the streets of Ascona, Switzerland, he meets and falls in love with a beautiful Italian waitress named Sonia Altarelli. Since the horrors of combat he encountered with a boyhood friend, Jesse will have nothing more to do with war. This story is his farewell to arms. Check out Accidental Exiles on Amazon.com today. Are you starting to think about that special holiday gift? Why not give the gift of a Community Cats podcast branded t-shirt, coffee mug, bag, or other item? This is the perfect way to spread the word about helping Community Cats. The proceeds from the sales will go to support the Community Cats podcast and the Community Cats Grants program, which helps small groups grow their fundraising programs to be able to fund more spay-neuter programs for free-roaming cats. Go to www.communitycatspodcast.com and click on our shop button in the menu bar today to get that perfect community cat gift right now. Thank you, everybody, for supporting the show. New York City is obviously, it's a huge city. And in our pre-show interview, you had mentioned that there's 6,000 certified folks that are certified to do trap, neuter, return. That number just boggles my mind. What is it like for free-roaming cats in the city? Are there still areas that there really aren't enough trapping resources? I feel like with 6,000 people, you could cover a lot, but the city is incredibly huge, too. Of those 6,000 trappers, you know, are they all active or various levels, more like caretaking trappers, that kind of thing? Yep, voila, voila, you hit the nail on the head. 6,000 certified people, many of them not active. I would say with a little luck, maybe we have 2,000 that are active. And some of them, uh, they've taken the certification class, but they end up doing more in terms of caretaking, but not the trapping. And there are several problems related to that that could be because they are unsure about how to trap, even though we say we'll go out on a buddy system and help you with your first-time trapping. There's the problem with recovery. People have small apartments. A lot of people are reluctant to have a cat in a trap in their bathroom, although I found that to be a perfect holding space for a cat, even in a very small bathroom. Mm -hmm. A feral cat is really a perfect house guest. I guess I would like to leave all (laughs) of I mean, I've never had such a great health guest as a feral cat quietly in a trap under a blanket, hoping I won't notice that he or she is there. But a lot of people are reluctant to do recovery, and apartments are small, and and that tends to be a problem. They say, oh, I can't recover in my apartment. And that one kind of baffles me, Stacey. I think that's the easiest part of the work is the recovery. You know, there's a lot of talk about let's find an abandoned building, let's get the ASPCA helping us have a big recovery center and stuff, but but that's just never gotten off the ground. So anyway, a lot of people just are not that active. So 
The cats, there are about a million cats. There may be with lot 2,000 people that are active, but it's hard to make a dent in that population. That's why we need, well, large-scale help from the New York City government in the form of just promotion, not in the form of city employees getting out there trapping cats. That's not what I'm saying, but it's really talking it up. Also, the ASPCA, they have wonderful advertising companies or facilities. Their promotions are just fabulous. You know, these ads that really get people on board to contributing to them. They could do some wonderful ads about cats being nature's solution to the rat problem. They could do some wonderful ads about male cats. You love your male cat, but you just can't take that eye-watering urine smell because it's laced with testosterone. Don't put your male cat out. Just take him to a clinic and snip, snip. Yep. The, the problem is solved. A lot of people don't realize that, and we end up finding a lot of male cats on the street once they reach puberty. And I yeah. it's just thank God a lot of these cats are probably loved, but people just couldn't come home to that smell. And it's yep. so easy, so easy to resolve. So I think we need large scale help from big organizations, city and the ASPCA, using their advertising dollars to really give us a a boost very interesting when I run two mobile spay-neuter clinics in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and when they your first cold snap of the weather, it's the time where we actually get the highest rate of male cats coming into the clinic oh. because it's when people are bringing them in after they've been out all summer. And then they're realizing, wow, you know, you, you don't smell Whoa. so fast. Oh, baby. So, you know, for people, they do go into some action for the, you know, more, I guess, the more active folks, rather than throwing them back outside, they, you know, will get them done on our uh, low-cost spay-neuter clinic. But I think, I mean, I even think, you know, November's a a great time to do like a $10 neutering campaign or something like that. And it will make an impact on so much of the spring kitten population the next year that uh, I think it could be very impactful to have a campaign at that point in time. I know that there have been campaigns in January and those have been have been good, but I, I like okay. November, December because they can be kind of slow times for clinics because of the holidays. A lot yeah. of people don't have the money for paying. Where January, everybody's got their New Year's resolution. They're going to take care of their kids. They're going to take care of themselves. They're going to take care of their pets. So there's right. an uptick and a spike in the clinics at that point in time. But what, what that's my just my my general opinion. But I definitely think doing you know some sort of a low cost neutering campaign during the year can be incredibly impactful. Well, and there could be such witty ads about, do you love your male cat, but you just can't deal with the eye-watering smell of the litter box. Uh, And just, just, you know, say this can be addressed within a couple of weeks. Problem solved. Also, I noticed that in in my old neighborhood, uh, a lot of people think that the male cats are castrated, and I've noticed a lot of men kind of take this personally. So, so you know, you have to kind of convince people, no, it's not really a castration. Just is a different kind of a, a minor operation. And I think that a lot of people, have you ever noticed how many times you explain basic things and people say, I never knew that? So just the level of not knowing has such an impact on the cat population, and if they only knew, I think things would change. 
Another thing, in New York City, all the delis and bodegas, they're not supposed to have cats. But you know what? These managers, these deli owners know good and well that with all the grains and the breads and the stuff, if they don't have cats, it's, it's going to be a complete mess with rat droppings all over the place, and they're going to lose their produce. So they have cats. The Department of Health, of course, fines them for having a cat. And I'm another issue with the Department of Health when they get on board is to say, okay, we will allow you to have bodega cats, but now we're going to find you if the area is not clean, if the cats mm. are not spayed and neutered, if you can't produce a certificate. In other words, get on board with this. You can still keep your revenue stream signing bodegas if you need to, but do it in terms of what works. We we know the cats keep the mice and the rats away. So use your leverage to get the cats spayed and neutered and make sure that the area is clean where the cats live. That's, that's simple. So, Sheila, if folks are interested in finding out more about your work and the work going on in New York, how would they find you? I think maybe the best way to know about, well, not me personally, but the cat colony, we have a Tumblr account, and it's the Morris Jumel Cat Tumblr account. That's Morris, M-O-R-R-I-S, Jumel, J-U-M-E-L, Cat, C-A-T-S, Tumblr, and that talks about the history. It gives you an update on what's going on in the colony. It gives my email address, which is morrisjumelcat at gmail.com. That would be a great way to keep up with what we're doing. And the Brooklyn Cat Cafe, I'm volunteering there, helping their educational program. Any last quick little thoughts, Sheila, for our listeners? I've got a million quick thoughts. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I guess we've covered a lot of it today. uh, Well, we have. We have covered covered, an awful lot about New York and I can't tell you, I get quite a few questions about New York City and, you know, what life is like for uh, free-roaming cats, for community cats in New York City. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today and agreeing to be a guest on my show. And I really hope we'll be able to bring you back in the future so we can get an update on how things are going for the community cats. It was my pleasure. And thank you for what you're doing. It's really great. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 